So, the big question is this. How are ambitious people like us, who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth, how do we become resourceful enough? Use our creativity, our dedication, and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams. Whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. Hey listeners and viewers, we have created a tremendous community of bootstrappers, entrepreneurs, and professionals who are ambitious, resourceful, and want to get things done. We brainstorm, support, and help each other out. Come join us, navigate to bootstrapping.group. That is bootstrapping.group. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. Today we'll be talking with Ben Gothard. So Ben is a, a pretty interesting personality. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's a man of intellect who believes the human race needs to be educated to make progress. He runs his own podcast, Project Egg Show, where he interviews intellectual entrepreneurs to share their experiences and insights. So let's welcome Ben and learn a lot about entrepreneurship and uh, get some wisdom from him. Hi, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes, uh, you bet. Uh, we are excited to have you. Now, uh, just to get you uh, started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your experience? Sure. Do you want the long story or the short story? Whatever you prefer. So I'll, I'll take the long story because sure, sure. I think that's uh, most valuable. So yeah. my, my experiences really begin and end uh, with, with family. You know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful and I feel very, very lucky to have been born into the family that I was born into. I, th- I think my parents are the most incredible people in the whole wide world and, you know, I owe everything to them and, and my grandparents and, and my family. Uh, you know, I was born into a very, uh, very Jewish family, um, a very, a very family oriented family um, where there's a lot of love and, and a lot of uh, just happiness. And, you know, I feel very grateful for that. And so growing up, I was surrounded by people and, and, uh, you know, who were very close and, and very tight knit. And, um, you know, one, one of the early experiences that I really remember that helped shape my philosophy on life was my bar mitzvah. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar, uh, for in, in Judaism, when you turn 13, at least for gentlemen, when you turn 13, you have a bar mitzvah. And for me, what that looked like was I spent a year, a whole year, studying and preparing for this one day. And on this one day, uh, I read from the Torah, which it's reading a totally different language, but reading out of the Torah is similar to trying to read without vowels. So it's very difficult, right? So you have to really study and, and learn a lot. And so I studied I uh, studied Torah, I learned the Torah, I led the service, and uh, I gave the equivalent of a, of a sermon, like a speech. And I remember standing up there, 13 years old, after having worked for so long, and I just remember being able to speak to my family, my friends, hundreds of people. And it was just such a profound experience, uh, and, and it really impacted me at a very deep level, and I realized at that point, that when you put in a lot of hard work 
over an extended period of time, sustained hard work, right? You keep going, you keep going, you take the long-term approach that it yields very substantial and meaningful rewards both during that time period and after the fact when you when you you know you reach that goal uh both you know intrinsically and, and extrinsically you just get a lot of reward from doing things and from taking on these bigger projects and working through it and seeing seeing it to the end so that really started to to shape my core philosophy of taking the long-term approach to things of always 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 trying to be and, and look at things on a larger time horizon than everybody else it manifested itself in a variety of ways in the ninth grade i started investing and i started to learn about uh, the the theory of or the uh, reality of compound interest where you put in something and, and you put in you know some money and then that grows and you know with with interest but then you reinvest that interest so you have principal plus interest and so it grows again but it's growing at an exponential rate and it's just building on itself and building on itself over time and so what i realized was that can and must be in my opinion applied to all areas of life where if we take the long-term approach and we keep building momentum and we keep compounding our, our progress and our, and our momentum and our gains, then we can set ourselves up for a tremendous amount of success over an extended period of time. And, and I want to give an example of one of the ways that this is just can be of profound help and service to entrepreneurs, right? Uh, we're, we're all in the people business. By the way, you know, I just, just want to put that out there. And you know, if, if you look at business, and our, look at money, right? The only way that you can get money is through an exchange. And if you look at, you know, at the core, there has to be an exchange. And so there, have to be, there has to be a, a situation where two people exchange something. So in order for, and, and you're one of those people, right? Ideally. So you're one of those people. Well, on the other side is another person. So if you learn how to work with people, and you learn how to best serve them and best make it make sense for them to exchange their money for whatever you have, then you can make the most money, right? And so, so we're on the people business, right? And we're taking the long-term approach here. And so what I, would, what I would use as the example is taking that long-term approach to the people business. How do you do that, right? Building relationships. And you build relationships and you, and, and you continue to build that relationship. You invest in the relationship. You take this long-term approach. Well, what happens when you do that? What happens is over that extended period of time, you can engage people in ways that did not at first appear to make sense, right? So, for example, let's say... I meet John and immediately I try to sell John something and that damages the relationship because I didn't understand really where John was. I was just trying to be very short-term and transactional, right? It, it doesn't work. It kills the relationship. Instead, if what I do is I invest in John, I invest in the relationship with John over an extended period of time, not only can he be my customer, but he could also be a partner. He could be a, you know, a, a, a partner in business, a distribution partner, a channel partner, an investment partner, like a JV person. He could be a vendor. He could be a supplier. He could be a salesperson. He could be a referral agent. He could be an advisor, a mentor. 
and he could be a mentee, right? So, and, and he could be all these things multiple times over the course of a lifetime of a relationship. And so, by the way, if, oh, that's, uh, that's uh, Alexa over there. Um, but anyways, when you, when you are taking that long-term approach, you give yourself more options and you give yourself the ability to build bigger and better relationships, allow yourself to create bigger and better deals and to just do a better business. So I re I'm realizing all this as I'm, as I'm growing up. Yeah. I'm realizing all this as I'm, as I'm going through life. Cool. And in high school, how that manifested itself was I was the president of Malafa Theta, the math club. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm a huge nerd. I love nerds. <laughs> Go nerds. We rock. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I was the president of the math club. And I was so fortunate um, that not only the rest of the students decided to elect me, but I was also surrounded by an incredible team of people. An incredible team of people, and I'm so grateful for them. And through the relationships with them, we were able to be the, the that year was the very first year that my school had ever gone to state for the for the math competition in this in the history of the school, right? Because of those relationships, because we took a long term approach to it. Uh, you know, I started the school's mock trial team. Uh, my dad's an attorney, so he was also the coach. So that was a, a really fun uh, you know uh, chance to be creative with, with my dad. I started my school's news show, our, our, our weekly radio show. Um, and that was amazing because I was a senior when, when we started that. And um, I remember walking through the halls after, you know, after an episode and a sixth grader, you know, would, would come up and he'd stop me and say, you're Ben from, from the TV, from the news. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Stay at school, make good decisions. You know, trying to, trying to, trying to um, you know, be, be a, good, a good role model. Um, and I was also uh, captain of the basketball team. Um, in junior and senior year, I played cross country, uh, played, played on the track team, all, all of our city. Uh, and in fact, at the end of my high school career in basketball, and I'm not sure if this record is still, still there, but by the time I finished, I was the highest scoring player in the history of the school in basketball, right? And so all these things I realized if I apply this long-term approach to it, then I could, I could be successful and I could do it, right? Because I wasn't just trying to get in there and, and do something very short-term and transactional. And I was remembering all these things that I had learned through, through the journey, right? So fast forward to college. Um, fast forward to uh, sophomore year in college. I was originally pre-med. I was going to uh, be a doctor. Um, I saw some blood, realized I don't like the sight of blood, decided to switch to finance, and I figured if I'm seeing blood in finance, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, so switched to finance, and um, that was sophomore year. Well, the fall sophomore year. I got two phone calls that would change my life forever. The first was with my roommate. He called and asked if I'd help him sell t-shirts. The second was with my dad, who, uh, as I mentioned, was an attorney. And he called and asked if I'd help him with social media, be his intern over the summer. So to both of them, I'd love to help you out, but don't hire me, hire my company. And they're like, what are you talking about? You don't have a company? I was like, not yet. So I figured it out that you could domicile an LLC in Metairie, Louisiana for $105. Nice. Like, okay. 
the worst thing that could happen is I spend a couple hundred dollars and I can legitimately say that I'm the CEO of an actual legally legitimate company. That sounded so cool, right? And then I got hooked. Then I was like, oh, wow. Okay, now it's you know I started managing people's social media accounts. Um, I actually started working with the LSU Department of Finance. Um, that was so cool. That was such an experience. Um, it was it was just fantastic. And and so I started realizing, wow, there is actually nothing that is distinguishable between somebody like you and I, or or you know if if you're listening to this uh, to to you. Um, and somebody like Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or hell, let's go back into. I'm not sure if I can use profanity. I apologize for that. But but let's look back into history. Um, you know some of the some of the wealthiest men in the history of the world: John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie, Augustus Caesar, right? Augustus Caesar, the the very first emperor of Rome. Um, the I kind of got off on a. No, there's no difference. Yeah, there, there, yes. are no, there are no differences between us and all these uh, big names that we listen to and, and we recognize every day. Exactly. Thank you very much for that. And so I realized I want to do it. I want to give it everything I've got. I want to try. And I don't exactly know what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I don't. But I want to try to do something great. And so I started to read, I started to educate myself more. I mean, I was already in school and I was paying attention, but I was, I was started to read books and I started to just devour information and I started to grow my client base, which was really, really cool. Uh, and then, you know, eventually I realized that I had a passion for writing and so I, I domiciled my company December 19th of 2014. Well, on July 3rd of 2016, I actually published my very first book called CEO at 20, a little book for big dreams. Yeah, yeah. And five days after that, I started Project Egg. But Project Egg was actually first a Facebook group. It still, it still exists today, a Facebook group. And my reasoning for starting that was let me build a community of entrepreneurs let me listen to their problems and i'll solve their problems with my books nice. okay that, that seems like a good idea and so i started to do it and some incredible people started joining the group and i realized i don't have all the answers but a lot of the answers can be found through the wisdom of the people in the group so i started to interview them and that is how the show was born Awesome. And on July 27th of 2016, I actually published the very, my very first episode. And it was now the, the gentleman who was a guest, he was amazing. Cool. But as far as like the production quality and the quality of my questions and like conducting an interview, and being, you know, the show goes, it was horrendous. It was so bad. It's, it's, it's really funny looking back at it and to see, you know, how far the show has come. Yeah. Um, but, but it was amazing. It was such an experience. And I was so truly grateful that he would take time out of his busy schedule to talk to little Obi. And, and I was grateful and, 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 and I loved it. And so I was hooked. Yeah. So fast forward now to the, uh, let's fast forward to about the, the end of 2018. 
and, and I'll catch up a little bit. Um, I had published over 10 books, um, hit Amazon bestseller list in a couple different categories, um, published uh, at, at this point over 200 episodes of the show. I've interviewed billionaires, New York Times, New York Times bestselling authors, Emmy Award winners, um, just incredible people. Incredible, incredible people. Uh, I started a couple e-commerce stores. Um, I launched a music festival in New Orleans. Uh, and actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story of that. Um, some, some friends of mine, uh, some of my best friends uh, from, from high school, we were hanging out one day and we were just talking about a music festival for, for whatever reason because uh, we were in a band growing up and so that was one of the uh, things that always kept us together was music and I've been playing guitar since the, the seventh grade and we were just talking about a music festival and one of us threw out the idea hey why don't we do a music festival and I was like let's do a music festival and and then he and then he looked back at me. He's like, "Let's do a music festival." And so we we started to research and we put together a team and we started reaching out to the university and getting local artists, and local musicians, and we we got security there and people selling alcohol, people selling food. We had artists come show their wares. We recruited local nerds. Again, I say that lovingly because I'm a nerd. <laughs> local nerds to come and set up Super Smash Brothers and some chairs so people could play video games, listen to music. It was amazing. And we pulled it off uh, three, three semesters in a row. We called it Finals Fest because two weeks before finals is when people really buckle down to study hard. Yeah, but yeah. two weeks and one day before finals, everybody wants to, to let loose. So that's when we put the, the, uh, the festival. So everybody could come to the festival, go you know, have a ton of fun, go hard, go crazy at the festival, and then buckle down and study afterwards. And so it was great. We had a ton of people show up. It was so much fun. So we did that, uh, you know, as part of a, of, a, of a startup for a little while where we were uh, trying to build like a, a trading algorithm, you know, like like financial trading algorithm in the stock market. And I figured, okay, I don't really know that much Hebrew. I took a little bit of Spanish in uh, high school, but I didn't really uh, immerse myself in it. So I figured coding, you know, code could be another language for me. And it was really fun for a while. Um and it happened to fizzle out for, for a variety of reasons, but, but it was a lot of fun, right? It was a lot of fun. I did, did all these different things. Um, then there was a time uh, in senior year, right? And this is actually 2017, so it's, it's important to the progression of the story, where I, was, I had my agency writing my books and publishing my books, doing my interviews, e-com store, music festival, uh, the startup, school, um, I kind of had a little bit of a party phase in college. I'll, I'll be honest with you, and occasional. Oh, and, and occasionally I wanted to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, at that point I was like, "Uh, no, I'm too much, too much. Let me, let me just focus. I need to focus on something." Yeah. And so I decided to really focus hard on my show. And it just so happened that I had to get surgery on my shoulder. Right as I made this decision to go all in on, uh, on on the show, I had to get surgery on my shoulder. So I graduated at the end of 2017, and the beginning of 2018, I had this surgery. And so, you know, because you have a show also, um, 
clearly. But if you're if you're down one shoulder, one whole arm, it's really hard to like do all the things that you need to do to successfully put on your show. So for about six months, I couldn't do anything. And it was it was just one of the most frustrating periods of my life because I go to the gym all the time. You know, I love to be outside. I love to be active. Um, and, and I love to do stuff like this and, and, and I love to work and I love to be, uh, to create value and to be valuable and to, to achieve and I couldn't do it. And I felt so just, oh, it was just frustrating and I, and I felt just, I was sad. I was sad. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And so I just focused on recovering, getting to the point where, um, I was healthy again and at the end of that six months, I was like, all right, I need to get back into it and like, you know, jump in with, with three feet. I don't even have three feet, but you know, jump in with all my feet. And so what I did was I went with some friends of mine to Colorado uh, and we went to Colorado Springs and we went and camped for a couple of days and then we hiked Pikes Peak, which Whoa. is a, four, a 14,000 foot mountain, one of the tallest in the United States of America. It's the highest that I had ever climbed. And so it took, it was a 13.7 mile hike one way. And it took me nine and a half hours, but I got to the top of that. When I got to the top of that mountain, first of all, it was beautiful and I love being in nature. And it was like meditation going up there. But when I got to the top of that mountain, it reaffirmed what I had always believed, which was that you could do anything that you want. If you, if you put in the work, you take the long-term approach, you invest in, in yourself and, and you invest in people because you know, I was going with people, so we all had to be ready. We had to invest in ourselves, get our you know, trained to, to be able to go up there, uh, work as a team to get up there, pack the specific supplies we needed. So it's a, a long-term thing, a lot of preparation. But when you do all these things, you take the long-term approach, you could do anything that you want. Yeah. And, and, and I knew it. But it reaffirmed it. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm all in again on, on my show. And it really fired up this, this passion, uh, or refired up this passion for the show. And uh, you know, I, started, I started getting on the schedule of posting a new episode every day. Uh, starting a, started you know, really to, to build out my team to the point where I could focus on building the relationships. I could focus on the, the things that I'm really good at. Um, and, and really turn it into something that is, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, something that's, that's beautiful and it's very meaningful and that can profoundly impact the way that people operate and the way that people think and, and how, uh, you know, how people perceive the world. And, you know, I believe conversations have the power to do that, which is why I'm so grateful that, that you'd have me on the show today. And so as this is all happening, that's when it really started to click that, I'm not a podcaster. I mean, I am, but but at my core, I'm not a podcaster. Um, I'm in the people business, uh-huh. right? That's when that really started to click at this point. And so what that has now led to is this this desire to be, you know, to, to immerse myself in the people business and to be as, as proficient as I can and to excel and achieve as much as I possibly can in the people business, which again manifests itself in a variety of different ways, whether that's putting together deals, structuring partnerships, um, creating content, working with people, just working with people, figuring out ways to add value, to be helpful, right? And so now, today, 
that's really where I focus my time is the people business is connecting with people, creating with people. Uh, and, and, you know, personally, um, I've, uh, I've published a little bit of poetry. Um, I've, I've started to write down and I finished two volumes, but I'm, I'm moving on uh, and, and I'm, I'm already thinking about the third of philosophy um, that because, I, you know, I want to really document how I think and then organize it in a way that could be really helpful to people because I'm not saying the way I think is the right way to think. But what I'm, but what I, my intention is, is that if I'm thinking about these things, other people I'm sure are going to think about these things and maybe something that I write or maybe some way that I think could help other people organize their thoughts or, or maybe they could take something out of that that's helpful to them. Um, so that's really where my time goes today. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, again, none of this would have been possible without my, my parents and my family because, um, you know, I, I didn't mention, but throughout the whole story, they've always been there. Uh, with with love and support uh, and wisdom and guidance, and none of this would have been possible without them. And I'm infinitely grateful to them um, for for everything in my life. Nice, nice, man. Pretty uh, interesting story. Thanks a lot for sharing. Uh, now I noticed, uh, you know, a lot of these things transpired from your way of thinking in terms of the positive outcome or. Uh, maybe not even the positive outcome, but just looking at things in a positive manner. Uh, will you agree with that, or um, or is there something else underneath, like at the at the root level, when you think about doing something or accomplishing something? I think naturally, I'm a very very optimistic person, mm-hmm. and whenever I see you know meet a new person or, or come across a new piece of information or just create a new connection in my mind. Um, I tend to, to see the potential and then to jump 5,000 steps ahead yeah. and to say, okay, what can this become? Yeah. So what I, what I really work hard to do is I try to not be grounded because I always want to shoot as high as I possibly can, but to try to bring in a sense of seeing things for what they are and what they could be yeah. and what they could be because if you're looking at something and all you see is the potential but you're not realizing like what you have right now it's hard to go from where you are to where you want to be so it's really important to have both of them in my opinion but yeah a lot of optimism a lot of realism um and and hope all right. And what will you say when you come across people who say something along the lines of, uh, you know, I don't have the resources to get started. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Uh, it's not going to work. This is not for me. Um, whatever, you know, excuses they come up with. Uh, so what do you have to say to them? You're right. If that's what you think, then you're right. Mm-hmm. Or you could choose to think differently. And you could choose to think instead of, I don't have the resources to do this. Shift it to how can I get the resources to do this? Or I don't know how to achieve that. Instead, think how can I achieve that? What steps do I need to take to achieve that? Because look, in the beginning, and frankly, a lot of the times along the way, you don't, you're not going to know what you're doing. You're not going to have the resources to do it. Yeah. That's fine. Figure it out. We're very smart. 
Yeah. Like we're we're incredibly intelligent creatures. Like we're human beings. We're we're a, a dominant force on planet Earth, and we didn't get that way by accident. We got that way because we're extraordinarily intelligent. We are very very smart, so we can figure it out. But if we don't control our thoughts and control our thinking and aim our brains and aim our focus on constructive thoughts, then yeah, you're right. Because if you think that you can't do it, then you're right. But if you think, how can I do it? You know, ask yourself better questions. Let your brain solve better problems, then you'll get better outcomes. I think you're right uh, in what you said. Uh, you you are right in whatever you think. But uh, what I find is, uh, you know, this is not um, this is not uh, a specific exception that people think negatively. I think the the general public uh, they have been forced to adopt this thinking of of you know of uh, uh, lack uh, of uh, you know lack of resources, lack of time, lack of everything and they you know in uh, systematically sort of start thinking negatively or they get bogged down with with uh, a lot of environmental uh, things around them so uh, to your point yeah i mean you're absolutely right we are highly intelligent we are adaptable and you know look at the history of humankind like you know uh, we have we have uh, sort of occupied this whole planet like no other species has and we have survived so many um, so many events that could have wiped us out right um, so so this paradigm of thinking positively I, I think is very important and, and we need to spread that message and make sure that people understand there is no obstacle that can be overcome by by hard work uh, positive thought and sort of applying yourself and implementing things absolutely and I, I just want to push back on one very very small thing that you said mm -hmm. that I think has a lot of uh, a lot of repercussion, right? Um, I believe you said something to the effect of um, people have been forced to think in terms of negativity, or, or you know, forced to think uh, so uh, some way or, or another that's not helpful to them. Sure. I don't think it's. I don't think people are forced to do it. I think people are pressured, maybe, um, or, or people are highly encouraged, but you can't force somebody to think something people well, have to choose to think that and this is just my opinion right let, let, so, let me that's an interesting uh, turn of uh, conversation because i want to touch upon this like in my opinion i do think people are forced to think certain way um just because you know um even while growing up not a lot of people grew up in kind loving families not a lot of people have uh, you know supporting uh, uh, students in school, uh, a lot of people go through uh, bullying, uh, both at school, at home, um, and uh, you know all these situations at at a young tender age, they tend to shape your mind in a in a very um, negative way. And and since you don't have the ability to think uh, on your own, and your power is basically dependent on other people, all these foundations that are laid down in, in your childhood. They actually create a very powerful force for you to think certain way. So, I mean, this is again, you know, from my personal experience and a lot of other people uh, who I talk to who have gone through this kind of a similar um, situation. They they share their experiences, and and that's why I am using the word force. I see what you're saying. So, 
what I what I believe that I'm hearing is you're saying sometimes there are forces at work that influence people to to think a certain way, and I totally agree. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Um, where I where I think that uh, it's important for us all to 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 really focus on, or, or all of us to really um, take responsibility of, is becoming aware of what those forces were, yeah. so that we can go back and identify those things that are going on inside of our minds, inside exactly. of us, exactly. and we can correct those we can correct that thinking and we can then take control of that and say, okay, well maybe I, before I thought this certain way, but now I'm aware of that and now I'm choosing to think a, a, a different way. Right. And because there are so many people who are faced with so many challenges and I'm not trying to discount that at all. But what I'm saying is, if we want to put ourselves in the best chance, give ourselves the best likelihood to be successful and move forward and to get the things that we want, we have to tackle that. We have to take responsibility for that. And we have to go back and we have to course correct our thinking because if not, we're leaving ourselves at a disadvantage. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say uh, you know, anything uh, against any, anybody that's gone through anything difficult. And, and I truly admire the courage of people like that. I, I truly admire that. Uh, and, and, and I wish you the best of luck. Um, but I think it's important to give ourselves the best chance of success. We do have to take ownership of that and say, okay, this is how I thought before. Let me alter that because it's the best for me, right? It's like self-preservation at that point. I completely agree. And, and I think uh, the, the important message uh, to take care, uh, because, you know, uh, what happens is we get into this uh, circle uh, of thinking negatively and we, we keep uh, sort of uh, getting uh, engrossed in these negative thoughts uh, as we have to face the world. But just the realization that, you know, these thoughts are under our control. And as you said, uh, we can go back and uh, correct those thoughts and understand why they happened. There was there was a reason for that, and sort of you know accept it or let go or whatever. And not only that, but also train our mind uh, to uh, deflect the negative thoughts in the future, because you know uh, we only learn from our experiences in the past. But you know this learning can be applied to the future as well. So this this important message that these thoughts are under our control, not the other way around. I think that's. That's the very important message that that uh, that has come out of this conversation. Absolutely, and the beauty of that is once we do alter those thoughts and we get on the level of consciousness that we want to be and that we need to be, mm-hmm. what happens is it's it's really really cool and it's really interesting. We start to notice opportunities around us yeah. that a lot of times have always been there. Yeah. But because we were thinking at this level before, and now we're up at this level of thought, of consciousness, of awareness, now we see those opportunities, and now we can act on them. And yeah. so what's interesting to me is once we get our minds right, and we start thinking in a way that's productive and that's helpful, and the most productive and the most helpful to us, mm-hmm. then that that pathway that runway to you know achieving your goals chasing your dreams getting to where you want to be being successful etc cetera, etc cetera, that rapidly just 
takes off at that point. And, and you go from zero to 100 really, really quickly, right? Because you're in a state of mind that is conducive to getting to those things. Instead of being caught up in, in things that aren't helping you get there, now you're in this place where everything you're focusing on is helping you move forward and get to that place. Yeah, it's like quite interesting, you know, when uh, when you uh, watch, uh, you know, a movie like Secret, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Um, but then when you start to apply that and when you see things happening unfold in front of your eyes, it's 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 like magic. It's like, uh, you know, you put your life on auto, almost on autopilot and things start to happen and you don't even realize how did it come about, right? So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon and uh, it's, uh, I think, a lot has to do i mean the root is uh, positive thinking of all this and uh, uh, great 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 conversation um now tell me about your journey a little bit like obviously uh, you know you have accomplished a lot but you must have faced some challenges you must have faced some failures along the way uh, can you recall any um, that stood out and maybe taught you a lesson or it was tremendously difficult to overcome yeah, absolutely. First and foremost is being Jewish. There are a lot of people who they just don't like me because of who I am. And like, frankly, I, that kind of sucks. It's like, well, what if you actually get to know me? Yeah. I, you know, I promise I'm not mean. I'm a nice person, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, but that that's one of them. Um, one of them was uh, early on when I had my agency, uh, when I first started to get clients, and this one, oh, I'm so glad you asked the question. This is something that when you're first starting out, this can save you years of time getting to where you want to be financially, okay? Please, please listen up. If you're just starting your business and, and, and you're trying to get the financial success that you seek, okay? Here it is. When I started, and I started getting clients who would pay me for my service, and I sold that same service to multiple clients, okay? I made a critical, I made two critical errors, okay? When I started to sell, I brought in one person to help me out, like an independent contractor, to, that I could sub some of that work to, and he would he was on my team. He was awesome. I love that guy, yeah. and we're still best friends to this day. And it was great. He would go with me to client meetings. We would rock it. I would pay him. He would help deploy the service, and I could go and get more clients. It was awesome. Two critical errors. One, I tried to diversify my offerings, and two, I tried to bring on seven more people like that, okay? Because I thought, oh, I'm crushing it with this one offer. Let me just go create a bunch more and then that'll be great. And then, oh, I'm doing great with this one independent contractor. Let me go out and get seven more and it'll be great. It doesn't work like that all the time, okay? And maybe, maybe, it, will, maybe it will for you. But in my experiences, if I could go back what I would do is I would stick with that one offering, that one thing that people were saying, hey, you're right. I'm voting for you with my wallet. Yeah. You have found something that is valuable to me. And they're giving you money for that idea that you created, that product that you created. Oh, that's awesome, right? Stick with that one product. 
and sell it until you're at a million dollars a day. Just sell that one thing and put all your effort into selling that one thing and deal with problems as they arise, okay? You're going to come to a point where you can't do it all yourself. Bring in somebody to help you. That's a great problem to have, okay? Bring in somebody to help you. Then you're going to eventually need more people. Then bring them on, okay? But you always want the demand for your service to be the greatest, like like the demand for your service has to be there and people have to be paying you money constantly, right? And subscription business models are awesome, right? That cash flow is critical, okay? What happened was I was then at eight people that I was trying to manage at that time. I was not the leader that I needed to be to pull that off. I did not properly vet all those people. It ended up imploding the company. I see. For, for a long period of time, okay? And it was just bad. And then on top of that, I was trying to do, I was trying to have two main product offerings at once, yeah, right? And, and here's another distinction. The first product offering that worked was, imagine it was like, it was like selling a shovel, right? If, if, if you're going for, uh, you know, in the gold rush, the people who made the most money were not the prospectors going for the gold, it was people selling the shovel, right? It was the tool. Be the tool. Be the tool. Like Google is a tool. Be the yeah. tool, right? So the tool was I would manage people's social media, right? They had already figured out how to create content, okay? But they did not want to take the time to constantly post. Yeah, yeah. So all I did was I said to them, hey, let me save you time and money by posting this content for you. And I'll come up with the calendar, I'll post it, I'll do a nice uh, caption, I'll do some nice hashtags, I'll tag the people who are in the posts, because it's relevant to the, to the post. And that way, the people who you're already paying and you've trained to do a specific job don't have to take away time from their job to do this one thing. Right? So I was saving him time and money. And that was useful to him. And there was no way, besides just not doing it, there was no way that that it could fail, right? All I had to do was post, okay? What I sold was a number of posts per week, okay? There's no way that that can fail unless you just don't post. It's like, okay, well, if you're not going to be responsible enough to post, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Or you got to fix something, right? Yeah. What I didn't switch to or added in was trying to get into the Facebook ads game and trying to deliver sales. Now, these are two critically different things, okay? Facebook ads is a very performance-centric thing, activity, right? You can absolutely fail. You can spend $1,000 and not make anything back. You can spend 10000 and not make anything back, and then yeah. that campaign has failed. I mean, yeah. I, you can gather data, and there are nuances there, but for the sake of keeping it simple, it's a performance-based activity, okay? Yeah. So you have to prove that it's working. And then there's the whole part of, you know, how do you charge for it? It's more complicated, and you have two different things going on. And look, whenever you're listening to this, regardless of whether or not social media is still a thing or Facebook ads are still a thing, just keep in mind, if it's being the shovel, being the tool where you are guaranteeing 
something that you know you can deliver on. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know you can take 100 pictures in a month, just as an example. You know you can type a thousand words in a period of time. You know that. You can deliver on that for a fact yeah. versus trying to guarantee a certain number of sales. That involves other people. That is not a, that's not a definite thing in most yeah. cases. Okay. So go, in my opinion, it is a much easier route to take to not go the performance route. Go the shovel route, not yeah. the performance route. So those are kind of the three takeaways of... Um, stick with one product or service and just sell that to the moon, right? Keep selling, keep selling, keep selling it. And then when the people who are selling that to have other needs that arise, then build in, then build out the second thing to serve the existing customers. Cool. Two, don't try to just scale things too fast. Like scale the demand. Yeah, yeah. Like outsell your ability to, to deliver and then deal with that. Right, and then and then third is be a shovel, don't be the prospector. Awesome, that's great, great advice. Thanks a lot for sharing. And I didn't even realize we are, you know, way way over time. But it has been very interesting conversation with you. So I think uh, it will be good to bring you back for another interview if you have time. Uh, but thanks a lot for being with us today and sharing your thoughts and wisdom and uh, uh, telling us, uh, you know, uh, your amazing life story. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And I would just like to leave uh, one, one last parting thought, sure, if sure. you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you know, to, to everybody who's watching and listening, whatever time this is, whatever year this is, whatever's going on in the world, there will always be a chance for you to create something amazing with your life. There is always room for you to be amazing. And it is my belief, my opinion, that it is our moral obligation. We owe it to the world to figure out what that thing is and to do it, and to do it as amazingly and as much as we possibly can because you don't know how important you are to the world to other people to humanity because the things that you can give and the things that you can create and the things that you can do i promise you it will amaze you i promise that yeah great great but it but it, but it can also profoundly impact the way that the world works and that humanity goes about living their lives. So please, do what it takes. Pay the price. It's worth it. Awesome. Great. Great talk. Thank you so much for sharing. And with that, thanks a lot. And that's all for now. Until next time. And if you are an existing or an aspiring tech entrepreneur, then I invite you to check out my new online workshop, Bootstrapping Your Tech Startup Dreams. Go to bootstraptechstartup.com and sign up for free. I want to make sure that more successful and sound decisions are made every day in your tech projects. Let's start finding solutions to your problems. So go to bootstraptechstartup.com and I look forward to helping you with your tech projects. If you want more engaging videos and insightful interviews with industry's thought leaders, then check out 
other videos we have picked for you the link is right there and if you want to be notified about our new content please do consider subscribing to our channel